Hey, Lab Rats. Dan here. Listen, Garen and I try really hard to get fully immersed every single week when we feature a supplement. And so, for this second go-around of D&D Wiki, well, we thought we'd try and make some sense of it by drinking while recording the episode. Needless to say, it didn't help much. So, just fair warning to you all, this episode is rated SS for <laughs> show. Enjoy. Hey, uh, Thursday. Did, uh, Garen get you the links for this week's episode tweet? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool, thanks. Hey, damned? No, 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 it's just Dan. Right, Dan. Look, this Twitter thing. Yeah? Well, you know I'm the god of entropy, decay, and eternal darkness, right? You whisper it in my ear every night before I lay my head down. Of course. There's some really nice stuff on Twitter. Encouragement and support. But there's also just so much... Yikes. Yeah, I thought that might come up. Uh, go ahead. I'm listening. You know, we can talk later. It looks like Aaron is choking on something. Hey, I said I'm here for you. Okay, um... First, why do people follow us, then unfollow, then refollow, then unfollow? Well, you see... It's, it's a tactic they use because they want you to follow back. It's like the equivalent of someone standing near you at a party but not actually talking to you. Just kind of like shooting glances out of the side of their eyes. Oh, uh, okay. But what about how every funny joke gets picked up by the populace and then recycled and reused until it's been stretched so thin it looks like Wayne Newton's face? First, solid burn. Younger listeners should Google image search Wayne Newton facelift. Second, because it's way easier than coming up with a new joke. Uh, okay, but what about the vague posts? Which ones? You know, the ones referencing secret projects or saying something exciting happened but they can't talk about it. And then how is that worthy of getting a like from another user? It's not really sharing any information, and it could be a total fabrication. I think you're getting it. I think you're making a breakthrough here. Oh, yeah, sorry. I got a little worked up and ripped a hole in space. No, 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 don't worry about that. I, I'm, I'm talking about your understanding of Twitter. But I don't... Do you? Validation? There it is. Our egos hunger for validation every day, and scoring some likes for mindless posts is a quick way to satisfy that, but ultimately feast for the soul that isn't enough, and we hunger for more until eventually we don't know what our real identity is, and we need that constant validation, otherwise we totally forget it, but we justify it just as building our brand. That was both morose and beautiful. Thanks, Dan. This helped a lot. Good, good. I'm glad. It, it, it's Dan, by the way. Now, you haven't tweeted in these last two minutes, so I'm going to need you to repost a meme and tease out this week's episode. Then, this afternoon, find a way to reference Matthew Mercer and make it seem cool and casual. You know, like, hey, thought you'd like this, Matt. We go way back. And if he likes that, it would be huge for us. No problem. Hey, I think Darren is dead. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, do you have that cleric's number? I'll, I'll set the theme song to, uh, the funeral dirge. Garen, you ready? It's about to drop. Do it! Dungeons and Dragons. Dan here. I started out in 5e. And me? I was sitting behind the DM screen. Yeah, that was three short years ago. I built a dragonborn fighter with no gusto. Fast forward a year. We're buying supplements and copping brand new gear. 
Incessantly making characters for one another. The only one who cared, of course, was our brother. Building new characters, score them all day. Each and every week, a brand new baby. How's their melee? How's their range? How's their magic? How controlling? How deranged? That's not a category. Just keep going. Uh, I think we were here? Grab a comfy chair and a glass of mead. Another fresh episode in your feed. Other podcasts can be kinda drab. This ain't one, it's the Character Lab. And welcome to the D&D Character Lab, the show based around the one thing we as players cannot resist. And that is compulsively creating characters and daydreaming about their validity in-game. Each week we're bringing a new character to the table, drawing from a plethora of, well, published technically, content, and scoring against a predefined <laughs> table of criteria. It is then up to us to use our own personal charisma modifiers to convince the other that our baby is better. Hey guys, it's Garen. And just remember, you asked for this, it's Dan, and um, Garen, just because you said that fast doesn't mean that people don't think that you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, let's focus on the task at hand here, alright? We are here for one purpose, and one purpose only. A lot of people asked us to return to the aberration circus that is D&D Wiki to do another episode, and so today we have. D&D Wiki is chaos. I mean, anybody can post anything they want, just like any other wiki. And while some people are producing real, valuable content and putting a lot of work into it, there is some banana sh out there. And so we have purposely sought out the most ridiculous stuff we possibly can. And I think we've been pretty successful. I know I have been. Oh, yeah, certainly. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'll outdo you this week, but I tried to make the most ridiculous creation possible. So, well, now these are level six characters, and I'm certain that mine could at least wreck a character at least five levels higher. So as such, I have created an appropriately stupid backstory. Y'all ready for this? All right, here we go. Nestled in the center of the sketchy entertainment city of Manshaka lies the arena of blood. Each day, mortal struggles are waged much to the glee of the drunken crowd. An impressive roster of men, women, beasts, and fiends that frequent the arena, fighting for money and glory, but there is one that truly calls it home. At first, a tiny ball of red and black fur, and soon six feet of unimaginable muscle. Roto grappled his opponents and threw them around the arena like playthings. His athleticism is unmatched, and his merchandise is never outsold. He even has the most infectious walkout music and the best drama in his video packages leading up to every title fight. But despite all this, the true identity of the gladiator is unknown and always hidden behind his distinctive wolf mask. Why a wolf mask? Because he's also a werewolf. Oh, and he sleeps in a small red and white ball. And he's the undisputed champion of your heart, so deal with it. Ombre Roto! <laughs> solid backstory, Gary. Thank you. So solid. I'm going to bring it in this week with my backstory, okay? But first, before we get to the main event, yep. I think we need to roll the previews. Oh, okay. Coming to theaters in April, he's fought Jason. He's fought Alien a few times now. And now he's back in the world's greatest tabletop role-playing game. More emboldened 
and more powerful than he's ever been before. He has no specific target this time around, and he's a funk team wolf. So get your tickets now to Predator versus Balance. That's right, folks. Predator has seen and done it all, and now he's super powerful, even at 6th level, and I cannot wait to get into more detail. So, Predatrol is a level 6 Moon Fae Predator Executioner background, all from D&D Wiki. And I wanted this backstory to be as vague as possible so that I can get into enough creative license to get away with all of his abilities. Also... I didn't want to get too specific, given that I've had probably five whiskeys already. Okay, uh, I forgot to mention Ombre Roto is a... Text message. I forgot to mention Ombre Roto is an Incineroar race, which is a Pokemon from a Pokemon game that I haven't played. He is of the born lycanthrope background, which means he can turn into a werewolf, and his class is a luchador. So... I think that was kind of actually kind of obvious from my backstory. I didn't even need to explain that. Yeah. So I ask you again, Dan, can you handle this? I have so I... much gird in my loins right now. Did you know candles are made from fat? You call my loins fat, dude? Yup. This episode is brought to you by Cantrip Candles, the purveyors of 100% soy candles specifically designed to accompany your tabletop adventures like D&D and Pathfinder. We're talking about bustling bakeries, troves of treasure, or this week's spotlight, Blackhound Tavern. <laughs> Because these characters are going to make you want to drink with those notes of whiskey and firewood to help you settle in. But to be honest, you can find a scent for any of your adventures, and the lab will help cover some of the costs. When you buy that sampler pack, use the code LABRAT, L-A-B-R-A-T, at checkout to get 10% off your total purchase. That's Cantrip Candles. If you don't know how to spell Cantrip, you shouldn't be playing D&D. Thank you, Garen and Cantrip Candles, for that message. Now, if you're just joining us this week, I will explain the show format. We have nine categories that we have prepared arguments for in each we will explain why our character deserves a score between negative two and positive two. Positive two is writing something balanced, and negative two is what we have with us today. Now, finally, once per show, each of us will be able to force the other to roll for the score in which they are arguing for with a charisma saving throw using the charisma score of their character. Then, at the end, whoever has the most points wins. Now, it is time for the nitty-gritty with the melee category, and I will start it off. This is very difficult when you've been drinking, Garen. Okay, focus, focus. you got to get through the melee category here. I am sure the Predator is decent in melee. What yeah, so I'm arguing a plus one here. Two attacks, 1d12 plus three slashing with my great axe. I also have Predator's Mark, which allows me to choose a character that I can see and deal out an extra 1d6 on attacks on that creature for one hour. It's insane. You could just deal 1d6 extra? Yeah, it's it's just, it it's stupid. If they hide, you have advantage on survival checks to find it. Of course. Yeah, so I'm arguing a plus one. At six level, that's insanely powerful. That's pretty strong. That's yeah. pretty strong. Um, Let's table your plus one for a moment here. I also have two attacks, and I am proficient with unarmed strikes. I'm also proficient with improvised weapons, if you care. Uh, I have 1d6 plus three slashing or bludgeoning damage because I can punch or claw because my race allows me to claw. I also have the charger feet as part of my race. So deal with that. So that means I can get an additional damage on my first strike if I move towards them. And I have something called 
finishing moves. At second level, I'm able to combo my offense into a powerful finishing move, which deals an additional, at sixth level, I am dealing an additional 1d12 damage as a bonus action. This is considered magical for the purposes of overcoming resistance. <laughs> of course, of course, why not? Yeah, the finishing move has to be magic. It has to, it's a magical finishing move. Of course. And, uh, oh, oh, no, I'm sorry. This is uh, this is as an action, not a bonus action. So let's, <laughs> okay. let's dial it no, back. No, 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 yeah, dial time. it back, dial it back. Yeah, and I can perform a finishing move once per turn a number of times equal to half of my luchador level rounded down, so that is three time. And if the opponent drops to zero from my finishing move, uh, the use is not expended. It's a freebie if I knocked him out with that. So all those things considered, I am also arguing at plus one. <laughs> yeah, I think even Steven, what do you say? Plus one? Plus, plus one's all plus around. Plus one's all around. We're both coming in kind of hot here. Yeah, no joke. All right, moving into ranged. I am a luchador. I have no ranged combat. No, I can no, come no. off the top ropes, and I could get a pretty good jump out of it. Uh, but I technically have no ranged combat, so I will take a minus zero on that. I'm not worried about it. I got plenty left Min- in the tank. Minus zero? Minus two? I, no, I'll take a minus zero. You I, have nothing to show for I meant, your... I meant, no. I meant minus two. It yeah, just came out yeah, as a yeah. minus zero well, because I, mean, I was trying to... Because you're drunk. Oh, it's fine. And that's fine. We we are here to play. I am here for a plus two in the ranged category. What? However, yeah, that's right. I have plus two uh, because I have two attacks... 3d6 plus one force damage with a plasma caster, which is mounted on my shoulder. Of course it is. Of course. I'm a predator. And uh, it can be used 12 times per long rest (laughs) for 38 total damage per turn. And it has a range. Get this. It has a range of 300 feet. That's that's great It's reasonable. It's reasonable. 38 damage per turn, which is force damage. By the way, no one has resistance to force damage no one has immunity to force 3d6 plus one at 300 feet yeah (laughs) yeah so i think this is reasonable and at level six a plus two clearly oh geez uh how do i argue with that uh i guess i could i could force the roll all right then we force the roll Oh, I rolled a 13, and that is not going to do the trick. That sounds like Knuckles. So, blast it, because the DC on that is a 17, and my charisma is a 10. So, yeah, no modifier. No good charisma. But I'll bring us into burninating. I have a minus two there. The Predator has no magic. But your ranged is force damage. That would have counted. No, 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 no. I brought it into ranged. Okay. All right, that's fair. Very, Very honorable of you. I actually held back a little bit that all my strikes are also fire damage mm-hmm. as part of my race. Of course. Right off the bat, I deal fire damage with my unarmed strikes. My finishing move, as I mentioned, is also magic. And <laughs> I have I have Heals Flame. So which... you're you're basically the elemental monk that you brought into NBA Jam. Uh but but so much better. I'm yeah, yeah, sure. Obviously so much better. Yeah, yeah. I have Heal's Flame, which I'm not sure is a typo that's supposed to say Hell's Flame, or if actually the flame is coming off my heel. <laughs> um, but I can cast Hellish Rebuke once per long rest. Oh, reasonable. And at six, at six level, all of my strikes become magical for the purpose of overcoming resistance. So they're fire and they're magical. I mean, I mean nothing... isn't that redundant? Well, the fire comes from my race. The magic comes from my class. Well, I'm also, just saying, if it comes down to also, it. Also, folks, Max... Going to town on the duck right now. You working on that duck? He is overcoming the resistance of that duck. I'll take a zero because there's no 
discernible <laughs> discernible yeah. advantage here. But yeah. everything I do is magic, basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no joke. Okay. So take us into control. Okay. Because we have gone into the realms of D D wiki where arguably the most controlling characters are created. Should we say published? They are published. Yeah, because control yes. Yes, they are. And they're up there for everyone to use. So let me tell you a little bit about my controlling character. He is a um, improved combat grappler, which basically means at second level of Luchador, you get the grappler feat. <laughs> at second level? As, also, at, my race gave me the charger feet. So if we're keeping track, I already have two feet. Yeah, solid. No, yeah. It's, it's extremely balanced. And I haven't even taken my fourth level feet yet. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. So after a successful grapple, you may attempt to pin your opponent as a bonus action. Uh, you then get advantage <laughs> on the attacks if you pin them. You can either use acrobatics or athletics when making a grapple check. And you can grapple creatures that are one size larger or smaller than you. So I can grapple large creatures. But as part of my race, I count as one size larger, which means I can grapple huge <laughs> Huge creatures. <laughs> yeah, no, that's reasonable. No, it's absolutely reasonable. So I am a six-foot luchador that can grapple huge creatures. Yeah. We're just getting started here. Oh, this is... I also have Shouting Challenge. At third level... What is that? At third level, I can use an action or bonus action. You know, if you want to break it up, you can use the action or the bonus action. And I bellow Why challenge. would you ever opt to use the action? Stupid as... <laughs> so why the I... f*** do you opt to do that? Because sometimes you want to mix it up and use the bonus action, you know, just to keep the spice in the relationship Dumb. with your enemies. They have to pass a wisdom save. On a failed save, the enemy is only able to target you with attack rolls, spells, and skill challenges for one minute and may not willingly attack anything else, but they can repeat the save at the end of their turn. I also have my feet, which is the crippling striker. So as a bonus action, a number of times per short rest equal to my proficiency bonus, which is three. I can use one of the following. I can target arm. They pass a strength save or the arms are disabled and have disadvantage on attacks. I can target leg where they pass a deck save or their speed is reduced by half. Target head where they pass a con save or they are stunned for the duration. Or target torso where they pass a con save or they had disadvantage on strength and con checks. Now, this is in effect for a number of rounds equal to my strength modifier, which is three. So... If they fail the con save on the target head, they are stunned for three rounds. That is irrational. No save. As a bonus action. No they, save. No, they have a con save. But but they once they fail the save, it's three rounds. Three rounds of stun. I'm just going to put a note out there. Our IHOP arrives in four minutes. Good. Natalie is bringing us our Natalie IHOP. is bringing the IHOP via Uber Eats. So we're going to finish our IHOP while we... That is for sure. Finish this episode. For sure. All those things considered, I am arguing, of course, a plus two. Yeah, you're going to roll for that plus two. Get out of town with that. <laughs> oh, no. Wow. I what that. happened with that dice? It what did you put in a popcorn popper? <laughs> it almost fell. I rolled a six. Oh, rats. I'll take a one. So, Dan, what do you got in control? Well, I'm arguing a plus two there because I've got three favorite enemies, but... I'll be honest, the Predator class does not exactly define what that means. What do you mean? It doesn't say what favorite enemies are. Is so I don't know. Rangers? I, well, I don't know, but so I would assume if, so. So what have you chosen? Um, I mean, I don't know. Three humanoid 
three different guys? Yeah. Which guys? Garen. Hey. That's one. Garen. Um, orcs. Or- <laughs> orcs. And my sister. What? Yeah, because you're married to her. So, if, so you're going case... to murder me, my wife, yeah, and orcs. Yeah. So you're going to leave my orphan children. Because I can raise them. To be they're raised fine. by orphan orc babies. Yeah, they're fine. All right, I already my, hate this predator. Under, under my hands. What else you got in this category? Well, things get real beefy here, okay? Because I've got something called Predator Bane, which allows me to choose up to I thought three... thought Predator Bone. <laughs> yeah, I've got Predator Bone. No, I've got Predator Bane, which allows me to choose up to three creatures that I can see and force them to make a charisma saving throw, but <laughs> no DC was given. So oh, good. I think it was 22. That's, that's a good number. It's a reasonable number. I think that was it. Or they have a 1d4 penalty to all attack rolls, and that's a first-level ability. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you use uh, an action to do that? Yeah. And it No, I don't know. Who knows? And so I also chose the champion archetype, uh, which at the third level, there's an ability called primal behavior, which allows me to have advantage against all creatures who have not yet taken a turn in combat. And... Uh, Here's another thing. <laughs> In addition to dark vision of 60 feet, I also have x-ray vision. And it allows me to see through 10 feet of stone wall. That's the clairvoyance spell. So you have clairvoyance at will. Oh, yeah. Wait till you hear this next one. Because <laughs> I've also got a cloak. And it's defined as the tech that allows you to become invisible to the naked eye. I don't know what that means. But that's what they say. At first level, you gain expertise in stealth. And as a bonus action, you can become invisible until you attack or cast a spell. Stop so I also it. have the invisibility spell. At first level? That's right. The duration is up to a total of four hours <laughs> <laughs> before needing to have to take a long rest or refresh it. But your first melee attack while you're invisible cannot be blocked or stopped. Stop it. <laughs> And you do not break invisibility in, uh, until the end of your next turn. Since when was blocking part of the <laughs> No, no, no. Blocking is the AC. It just doesn't stop. I just hit at will. Once you've done your first melee attack while invisible, you cannot do this again until you have a long rest. So there is balance, at least. Thank oh, God. Lord. Thank God. So I'm arguing a plus two here because... You know, I mean, it would be a plus three without that balance. You obviously have a plus two here. This, I think you've already <laughs> won this episode. That is bananas. Oh, my goodness. All right, what do you have in the takiness? Okay, listen, plus two. I have an AC of 18 because I have proficiency in heavy armor, of course. Yeah. 84 HP, and I'm a D12 class. <laughs> of <laughs> yeah, course. you are. Of course I am. I also have Fae Ancestry as a moon Fae. Uh-huh. Allows me to have advantage against being charmed, and magic can't put me to sleep. But I also have an, an ability called Lunar Cold, which allows me to uh, have resistance to cold damage, and I don't suffer from difficult terrain caused by tundra or mountainous environments. Yeah, like a Goliath. You know, here's the other thing. I've got the ability... <laughs> I've got the ability as a Moon Fae to shapeshift <laughs> once per long rest into either a wolf... <laughs> back to human form or in hybrid form. While in animal form, I can't use any of the class abilities, but 
I can, in hybrid form, resemble myself as a werewolf (laughs) and use all class abilities. What are the bonuses do you get as a werewolf? So, but you can't use any of your wolf abilities. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. No wolf bites. You grain. You, <laughs> you grain. You regain the use of this trait once you complete a long rest. I'm not sure what abilities you get as a, as a, wolf, a werewolf. Apart from werewolf looking. Yeah, but I would imagine you get all the HP and then you can just, like, revert back. Okay. That, that would be... That would be a plus two because it's it's so clearly defined. That feels like a plus two until you hear mine. Here's a low point. <laughs> I have an HP of 72. I have a unarmored AC of 19. Oh, reasonable. Because yeah, yeah. my yeah. AC as a luchador is 13 plus my strength plus my charisma. <laughs> <laughs> I also have ancestral ward. <laughs> My sixth level ability of my subclass, the Esperito. I am an Esperito. Esperito. I have a. Uh, <laughs> I have advantage against any charm, fear, or mental effects, and I got resistance to psychic damage. Now, uh, let's talk about my background, which is born lycanthrope. Yeah. Which gives me hybrid form control. Oh. So I turned into a werewolf. As a a background, of course. Yeah, that's super balanced. Twice a day I can turn into a werewolf as an action. When I do, (laughs) I'm considered large, which means if you're keeping track, if I grapple a creature while I'm large, I can now grapple a... 500 pounds. (laughs) I can now... I I believe I can grapple a gargantuan creature now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um... I cannot communicate verbally. My speed is increased to 40 feet. My hit point maximum is increased by half on top of my current hit points. Oh, that's balanced. Yeah. We're fine. My AC is reduced, technically, to an AC of 13 plus strength. So it drops down to a 16. (laughs) I get unarmored attacks of D10. My unarmored strikes become a D10, which bumps up my melee category to now D10 punches. Yeah. And... I have resistance to non-magical attacks or attacks that are not silvered as part of my background. I just burped IHOP. Oh, so good. I could grapple Tiamat. I have to use a DC 10 wisdom save to revert to my normal form. Also, I can possibly go into a frenzy, which I'm not going to get into, but I think I Can you get into it? Can you get into (laughs) it a little bit? Can you get into it? You want to hear the frenzy? All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can control the form on most days, but on the nights of the full moon, I must remain conscious. Otherwise, I will transform into a frenzied version of myself that can only be stopped by being knocked unconscious. Ingestion of my sedation potion or spells such as calm emotion or charm person. This is mad specific. Or if the if the moon disappears. Oh, yeah, yeah. That I can choose to transform on one of those nights, but I may not add my wisdom modifier to my saving throw. Which, it's a DC 10... I guess it just has to be a straight 10 then. I don't know <laughs> what exactly is going on there. But those things considered, I think I am a plus two and you are a plus one. Yeah, yeah, that's fine because yours is wildly less specific than mine. <laughs> so I think that you win, um, which I think is what the point is in these D&D. All right, so here's my ally assist. Oh, wait, hold on. We got to take it into. Oh, wait, hang on. We got it. Shamelessly. Oh, I didn't, I didn't write a commercial plug. Oh, we got to gotta shamel- go- we gotta shamelessly plug our... So here's the deal. 
Um, before Garen goes into it, we think our show is pretty good. We it's spend really a, great. This we, is a good episode. We spend a lot of time editing it. We spend a lot of time writing it. We spend a lot of time... Um, is that a stack of Adidas pants? Yeah, I got a stack of Adidas pants in this closet. We <laughs> we don't that? we don't record this in a closet, but he's theorizing what it would be like. Why if do we you have did. five Adidas pants? I have five Adidas pants because. <clears throat> do you wear all those? Yeah, I work from home. So that's elastic. Like work elastic band pants are key. So you just bought a bunch of them, so you don't have to wash them as often. Guys. You should contribute to the show so that we don't have to buy elastic band pants. Like I would, I would rather wear chinos. Oh yeah, chinos all day. Yeah, let those ankles breathe. Yeah, especially those ones from Gap where they got the stretch. Like for sure, joggers are constricting. I can get fat, no problem. You gonna wrap up this this Patreon ask? So, uh, become a ten dollar and up Patreon because um, this. Right here. This is the real deal. It is. Yeah. This is what we're talking about. This is um, <laughs> Critical Role listens to us. They do, and then they get inspiration. Yeah, as, as we to give how them, to address their audience. We give them inspiration roles. We do. Yeah. Anyways, guys, $10 and up. <laughs> At least. You guys, can, you guys can become a part of the show. Um, you'll see in the Smooth Operator, it's a little bit weird. So, um... If you want to be like Max and be a part of my house, $10 and up. All right, next up, Ally Assist, Garen. Well, Hombre Roto has never had a tag team partner. He flies solo. Hombre Roto. Hombre Roto has never had a tag team partner. He is a solo champion. He wears the belt. It's Solo champion. Él es Hombre Roto. Minus two. Él es un solo champion. Es un Hombre Roto. Dan's turn. <laughs> Okay, so you get that minus two. Yeah. I'm going to take it into ally assist. Which is where I, we're already at. Yep. And I'm arguing a plus one. I only have one ability, but listen to this. All okay, right. wait, wait, wait. Listening. It's, it's an ability called Gauntlet. It lets you chart previous areas that you've gone to or seen on a 3D map. I don't yep. know what the <laughs> that means. It's a 3D map. It's a used visual. You're seeing all the depth. You've seen the topography. But what does that mean you've gone to or seen on a 3D map? Well, anywhere that you even even looked at, you can now make a 3D map of it. Sure. You can scan for creatures within a 500-foot radius, taking one minute to do so. Yep. Once scanned, you can find them precisely on your map. Shut up. First level ability. <laughs> <laughs> it's... All right. I'm marking a plus one because, like, are you for that's, real? That's wild. That... The the ranger has become useless. <laughs> Obsolete. Because I got this shoulder, I got this shoulder <laughs> that goes three hundred feet. You know, dealing out like way more damage than the ranger could ever imagine. And then the gauntlet just allows Primeval me. Primeval to... awareness. Yeah. No, Survival no. checks. No. No one needs it. Divine sense. None I'm, of these things are necessary. I'm anymore. a predator. <laughs> okay. You got your plus one. Easy. Bringing it to balance. This is obviously a plus two. Okay. I'm gonna run through the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, strength of 16, dex of 12, con of 14, intelligence of 14, and wisdom of 11, and charisma of 10, yep. passive perception of 10. He has no spellcasting modifiers, but here's the deal. AC of 18 and 84 hit points at a level 6 at a D12 class. 
This is highly optimized. Um, he has a plus six on his great axe attacks and a plus six on his wrist blade, which deals out 1d10 plus three slashing damage. Uh-huh. Yeah, without even holding anything in his hands. So he can have that great axe in his hands and just use the wrist blades, you know, for funsies. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think this is a plus two. It's highly optimized. Go ahead. What do you got? Yours is solid. Here's mine. I got a strength of 16, dex of 12, con of 14, intelligence of 8, of course, wisdom of 10, charisma of 16. I have got proficiency in intimidation, athletics, performance, arcana, and perception, proficiency in improvised weapons. Uh, but I have something that I haven't really laid on you yet. And I'm just going to throw this in here. I don't care that I didn't put this in a previous category. Uh, there was just so much for a level 6 character to keep track of. <laughs> sure. You understand my problem. As is the case in D&D Wiki, sure. Yeah. I have... Inspired Wrestler? Uh, I have Inspired Wrestler. In the heat of a battle, a luchador can channel inspiration, whether from past victories or the bond with their mask. Let me get into the bond with the mask a little bit later. I got something special planned for that. Uh... <laughs> At level two, you may add an inspiration die of 1d4, but that becomes a 1d6 at level five. So I have a 1d6 to initiate a grapple attempt or as damage following a successful pin. So you're just like throwing an extra die on the table at these random spots. Yeah, like it, what? where does that fit in in action, reaction, bonus action? I go to grapple you. I yeah. add an extra D6 to my grapple attempt. What does that mean? Because I'm rolling my strength check and then throwing a D6 on top of it. I'm just basically... For, just for fun. I'm giving myself bardic inspiration. Oh, okay. Is what I'm doing. Yeah, okay, okay. One inspiration die use <laughs> affects both your grapple and a pin, only if they are made on the same turn, which Whoa, means... so they call it an inspiration die. Yes. I can add a D6 to my grapple and then a bonus action to pin, and then I get to add extra damage... Equal to the inspiration die. I know it's confusing because that's the way it's written. Guys, don't worry. I'm going to clear it up in the next Wizards release because they are pulling from D&D Wiki. The Luchador is going to be published. Oh, yeah. The Wayfarer's Guide to Eberron. So. Yeah, it fits right into Eberron. It does. Yeah. And uh, I have a number of those equal to one plus my charisma, fire, charisma modifier per long rest. So that's four. I have four <laughs> of those per long rest. <laughs> And so I'm adding that onto ability balance because nothing matters, and I'm arguing a plus one. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What'd you get a plus two? Yeah. All right. I'm not. Argu- I'm not arguing that. Yeah. So let's take it into our smooth operator scenario submitted by Ben, ben Potts. It's Christmas in April. It's unclear why. It's unclear how. But you, my friend, are left without a Christmas gift for the scraggly orphan you adopted three towns back. Somehow, all the other adults cottoned to this holiday, rescheduling before you did, and stores are bare of suitable gifts for your young ward. However, you're pretty sure this shopkeeper who cheated you in the last adventure is hiding extra stock of the Nightwalker Super Mega Action Figure somewhere in his store's basement, probably to gouge last-minute customers like you. Your kid would love that action figure, but the shopkeeper vehemently denies it exists. How do you get the action figure and save Christmas in April? Garen, how do you do it? So I walk into the store, and I act like I'm looking for this doll, and when I see that it's not there, I pull a George Costanza, okay? And what I do is I take off my mask when he's not looking, and I leave my mask near the cash register. Now, I have an ability at level one called Protect the Mask. The mask is the embodiment of my form, as much a part of me as my soul. When wearing my mask, my senses are sharpened to the extreme to protect it. So, 
Now that I'm reading this, I already realized that I've broken this rule. <laughs> you get advantage on perception checks and a plus five bonus to passive perception to discover threats against your mask. That's right. That's right. The bonus does not apply to your passive perception to notice threats against allies <laughs> yourself. Only harms, only attempts to harm or steal your mask. This is solid. So let me retcon this. No, no, no. Minus two is great. I walk into the store this and I'm good. just like, where's here's, the dog? Here's my mask. Don't you touch my mask. <laughs> I see you looking at it. You want this mask? You can't even have it. Yeah. No. Minus two is good. Yeah, I'll take minus two. Yeah, yeah so but I'm, that's a great ability. It is. I'm also arguing a minus two because I haven't mentioned my background ability yet. What's that? Which is the most pointless background ability I've ever seen in anything, which is also from the wonderful website of dandwiki.com. Uh-huh. The background feature is that of the executioner, which is called Schwarfrichter's Stare. Oh, boy. Okay. You understand that? Both commoners and criminals are afraid of your reputation. Neither... (laughs) That will quickly be contradicted, by the way. Neither will report if you overstep the legal lines a bit, such as not paying for your food or bruising a captive. And both kinds will be more likely to spill the beans just to get rid of you. Or in the case of criminals, to keep you from scraping the beans out of them with a red-hot hook. What? Those who have... I don't know. Why are you scraping beans out of this I don't know. I don't know. Those who have some standing in the community will not be so easily impressed by some dingy executioner, but maybe their servants will speak freely to you if you block their way in the right dark alley. What? That's right. It's left on a very anticlimactic cliffhanger. So you are not threatening, but you're also threatening... And also, like, I may not be influential to some people, but, like, their assistants, if I confront them in an alley, I might be. So you are you are scary to sidekicks <laughs> because you're going to scrape the beans out of them. But maybe if I confront them in the right dark alley, uh-huh. minus two. That's that's how I get that going in yeah, that's Christmas good. in April. Yeah, that's it's good. real yeah. stupid. Because he doesn't have a sidekick. He runs a shop by himself. It's real dumb. All right, so how do you handle this aggressively? Well, I would turn into a werewolf that has a shoulder blaster because as a werewolf, I have all of the abilities of the predator. Right, right. So why not? And I would also just slay this dude and then just search the store because I have proficiency with perception that I'm granted to when I shift into a werewolf. So I would just have the rule of 10 and just continue to just search the store okay all yeah. right that's that's pretty good yeah but it's plus two let me tell you about this at some level ability my luchador can now grapple two creatures within their reach instead of just one and they could grapple a creature one size larger than or smaller which we've established previously so i would shift into my werewolf form which i can also do how did we both come with guys who could switch into werewolves yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's D&D wiki. I mean, it can happen quite a bit. Also, for the record, yours is a background ability. Just, yeah. just like, let's put that out in the air. Really settle on that. You can do that twice per long rest Yeah, as a background ability. And my level three a feature, which I haven't really gotten into, the Esperito. Esperito. I could shift into four different forms. A strong land... Uh, air, water, or something else I'm not going to get into. I don't really care. Uh, but the strong land creature, I get advantage on strength checks and strength saving throws, which means my athletic checks now have advantage, and I could add that inspiration on top of them. And I'm considered one size larger, so my unarmed strikes gain the siege ability and deal an extra d4 damage 
when pinning opponent, I can expend an inspiration die to deal damage equal to double the die roll. So what I'm going to do is I am going to grapple both the owner and his store. You're going to grapple his store? I'm going to grapple his store because I don't care how big it is. I think I've established I could grapple whatever I want. That's true. And then I'm going to take them both off the top rope and I'm giving them the tombstone pile driver with inspiration and just smashing with my siege ability. I'm smashing the store. I'm taking out the first two floors of the store, leaving just the basement. And then I just strut down there with my mask glistening with my oily body. So what do you want a plus four for this? <laughs> I pick up that toy and I take it back to that. I take it back to that boy and I hand it to him. Plus four. I'm Blade Rocto! Plus four? I'll take that plus four. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. that's good. That's that is. I mean... Solid. That's a plus four. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the first plus you four grab- we've ever had on the show. Yeah, I mean, you grappled a store, so... It's all within the balance of this character. It, I mean, it's within the realm, so that's fine. All right, let me do some quick math. Dan, would you play... What's his name? Predatrol? Predatrol. Um, it's kind of a sketchy name, too. <laughs> I think Predatrol is, is extremely balanced and ready to come into 5e. I mean, like, if you were to make Predator and bring him into 5e at 6th level, I don't see any way that you would make him any weaker than this. Do you? Uh, no, no. He would have to be at least this strong to be a quality Predatrol. True, true, true. So, a, D- a D12 class, you know, plenty of abilities to boot. So, anyway, I uh, I would play Predatrol, but I'd get a little bit bored with, you know, how capable he was. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's difficult to be this good at this many things. True. I understand. Between you and I, we would be just battling it out to be MVP of the table. Uh, for the record, Ombre Roto means uh, broken man. That's right. Broken man. This, this class is so broken. Uh, so I would not play Ombre Roto. I just think that I would get just get so tired of winning. You know what I mean? Dropping out those DDTs and those Stone Cold Stunners. Uh, all the finishing moves. I think it's clear that my love wasn't behind this because Ombre Roto... Fell behind Predatrol 6-2 this week. Even with my plus 4. How? I had a lot of negatives. Hombre roto. Él es un hombre bien roto. Alright, so just a quick reminder, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode of these D&D Wiki characters. Uh, But I do want to clarify, there is good stuff on D&D Wiki. And most of the stuff that's not ready for the table just needs a little playtesting and love to kind of get it there. Yeah. That's true. You can't really get mad at another huge community of creators out there making stuff just for the heck of it. Oh, you really put your heart behind that? Nope. Nope. Because I don't mean it. Like, are you trying to tell us that, like, we're, we should really be behind this? I'm trying to say that there are some people who really care. They just didn't know where else to put it. No, no, no. Because, like, I don't co-sign that. D&D Wiki. Guys, D&D Wiki is a, is a f***ing wasteland of shit. <laughs> So, Garen's trying to put in a positive message here by telling you that it's just a bunch of people that want to contribute to the community, but all they want to do is break your <laughs> game, so... We love everybody. We do. We do. Next week, we're getting back to professional, okay? You guys want professional quality? You got it. You may remember our Labby winner, Volo's Complete Subrace Handbook. That was written by a guy called Clan Crafter Holding, and he has a new pay-what-you-want supplement called Mordekainen's Codex of Allies. Yeah, let me just summarize it real quick it's got uh over 30 new subclasses pay what you want you can download it for free that's right great stuff and we only get to pick two of them for the show freaking crime get back here for that shazam until then remember when it comes to character creation it doesn't have to be optimized and it probably wasn't 
just <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode of the lab and all episodes for that matter yeah but if you left this episode just wanting more you can join us on patreon for tons of bonus content at our lowest tier you can join our discord and participate in fan battles and have access to all pdf content that we post you can even chat with us throughout the day for just a little bit more you get two bonus episodes a month and access to the entire backlog of fight clubs monster labs and special interviews that we've been pumping out since march of 2018 Patrons in the next tier get early access to our regular show, sometimes as much as nine days prior to release date. They also get PDFs of the character sheets for the characters that we've built in the 2019 episodes and beyond, and they can submit a smooth operator or spitting fire charisma scenario that we will use in each and every episode. And our top, top tier patrons get merch a couple times a year, have a chance to submit characters, and can sway the fates with automatic crits and fails on our charisma rolls during the show. At any level, we hope to bring you more fun. We love working working on this show and the support of our patrons helps continue to make it better. If you're digging the new audio production that began in 2019, just know that it wouldn't be possible without those that already donate. And we have more plans to beef up the lab and we need your help to do it. But however you support us, we thank you. We hope to have you back next week. Head over to our Facebook and Twitter at DD Character Lab for some previews of what to expect and lots of links to other great community content. Until Wednesday, peace, love, and point by. Oh, I, I say you ready. I, I, I wrote these drunk, apparently, because I put you ready for this twice.